welcome to the What the What podcast. It's the podcast where we tell you what's nerdy, what's popping with culture, what's giving us all the nostalgic feels, and what's there to geek out about, past, present, and future. It's all the what's in one place. That's Eric Reach. We have Kyle Whitley, and I'm Ashby Bray. Left side! Strong side! Left side! Strong side! Left side! Strong side! They're both on the left side. Yeah. Oh. The left side is the strong side. Oh. Yeah. Oh, That's why you missed out on that. Why is the left side the strong side? I mean, yeah. They're both kind of patient too. I just figured the two of them were there and were like, ah, oh, we're so, so to explain some football terminology, you look you at. You can the, try. Okay, so you have 11 <laughs> players on defense. We'll try. You can have. You can have a balanced defense where you have okay. the sides evenly matched up with yep. one person in the middle. Right. Or you can have a strong and weak side where you have right. you overload one side and then you have one side that's at this And you would do that if you thought that the other team would maybe play to one side or the other. Yes. Hmm. Like, I'm not an idiot. I just yeah. don't like football, so I don't bother to learn the rules. What do you like if you're on soccer? Okay. Yes. I feel like if you're on offense, you, <laughs> you would play be man to man. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> you know, you play man to man. You've result. got number twenty-three. Yep. Period. I just feel like if you get out there as the offense and like, hey, the defense is on the other side. Let's go the other way. Right. I mean, you but that's the whole point of like calling plays and stuff, right? Yeah. You, mm-hmm. To try to outwit the other team. But then the defense has audibles they can call, and you can Correct. shift people around. But as right. a jerk in this thing, I never heard him. I never heard him say a thing. That's right. That well, jerk. He is a jerk. Well, punch you in the face. Oh, there's okay. so many people that I wanted to punch in the face in this movie. Here we are. We're already going into the movie. Nothing no, no, I've got tons of things actually. Well, let's jump into Whoa, it. Oh, here we so, go. Here we go. Do you ever? One more time. Everybody's feeling fine. Have you ever here said something? Yes, yes, yes. And been yes. like, man, why did I say that? Why did I have to go and say that? Have you ever done something yes. like that? Yes. Like every day. I did that today. Okay. okay. Uh, we have a front door to my like to work where I can leave out the front and go around to the parking lot. Mm-hmm. But Michael's office has a door to the outside as well where I can just go straight through his office out that door and like I'm right at the parking lot already. Right. Okay. So I do that every day and that's the way I come in. And I you know told him like if that's annoying let me know and I'll go somewhere else. And he's like no it's fine. So I'm on my way to lunch today. I'm walking through his office door and I for some reason like Darkwing Duck came to mind. And I literally just looked at Michael and said, let's get dangerous. And as I'm walking towards the door, I like shove it. Because I'm like, you know, what an entrance or exit. The door is locked. So it just kind of shoves. <laughs> and I'm like, well, crud. So then I like, I was like, well, never mind. And then I grab the handle and open it. And it's sh- like, I hear this loud crash behind me. I try and look. And Michael has a shelf right beside that door. Oh, boy. Of bobbleheads. <gasps> and evidently me hitting it. Adjusted that shelf just enough that whenever I opened the door, three of his bobbleheads fell to the floor, and I looked down, and there's literally just pieces everywhere. And I'm like, Ooh. "Oh my goodness!" And then we start picking up people, and here's here's Cam Newton, Aww. missing his head, his arm. So pretty much the 2017 season for him. It's he's in wearing a Panthers jersey and everything else, and Michael kind of looks at him, and he's like. It's okay. You know, Michael's trying to, you know, recover everything. He's like, it's okay. Don't worry about it. It's he okay. plays for New England now. It's, it's okay. okay. Yeah, he was like, <laughs> oh, he's going in the trash. You know, in the Forget trash him. can. Forget him. Yeah, yeah, he gets all, like, you know, he's like, he throws him in the trash and everything else. And I'm like, no, you know. And then I'm picking up um, Aaron Rodgers. And he's like, well, see, Aaron Rodgers is much better. So he's still all together. And all of a sudden he looks and he's like, his leg falls off. And he's like, <laughs> oh, no. And he's like, well, it's still better. 
He's and not then, a runner anyway. <laughs> and then we're picking up the final piece. I look down and it's from the NC State. Uh, 83 team. Well, it's two. It's the actual, the wolf. Okay, it's the mascot, wolves. and then but it's got a big banner behind it from the like, two years they won the mm-hmm. basketball championship. It's got trophies on everything, all that's in different pieces. The banner's bent all up on the back, uh, and I'm just sitting there and I'm like, as I'm picking it up, I can't help but to laugh. Like, and I'm telling him, like, I don't mean to laugh at all right now. I just is such a weird position that all of a sudden I'm, I was like, I'm going to fix this. I'm going to replace these for you. And of course, you know, he's like, No, no, you yeah, ain't got to. You ain't got to. Yeah, they're just bobbleheads. And then I'm like, no, I feel horrible. I really need to replace these. And he's like, no, nah, it's fine. Don't worry. I got plenty of them at home. I'll bring some more. And then at the same time, I look, and Michael is part owner of the Green Bay Packers. I don't yes, know if he you knew is. that. Yes, I did know that. He is. And his frame also I'll fell. Off. A <laughs> it also fell off the wall and bent his frame up a little bit mm-hmm. as well. So he was trying to fix that. Well, I go to go lunch, and I'm honest, I don't even want to eat at that point. I'm like, man, I've just messed that stuff up. I come back. And like I'm looking online and I'm trying to figure out like okay where are these you know Cam Newton bobblehead I start looking it up I start looking it up and I keep going and then I start searching the others and I come back and I end up taking Cam Newton out of the trash so I can look at the bottom and be like who like what is this because I right. can't find that one and turns out it's a uh, Forever Collectibles bobblehead mm-hmm. that's one of 2012 oh and I found one and so I bought him. And uh, we got Aaron Rodgers on the way as well. Turns out they're all forever collectibles. They're oh. all uh, very limited, hand painted, hand numbered. And so I was like, man, I feel horrible for this. So I definitely had to replace them. And then the NC State one was one of 216. So to all the rest of you out there that have the 215 of them, one of them's in the trash now. So, so yours just got that much more yes. valuable. So, right that's right. So I did find him another one though. But so to explain Michael being the owner of the Green Bay Packers, part okay. more. Uh, the Green Bay Packers are a publicly owned team that sell, sell oh. shares. Okay. Um, and he was, um, I think it was a gift one year for Christmas. Uncle. Uh, his oh. uncle bought him. Uh, this is like how I own land in Scotland. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Or I have a star. Right. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he fifty dollars buys you one share of the Green Bay Packers. There you so, go. Technically. There you so go. he still he still owns them even though his frame's a little messed up. Yep. But yeah, I felt horrible about that. You should. And then I get back in my office and I was like, that's what you get for just shouting, let's get dangerous. Well, you, mean, got, you got dangerous. Here's the thing. Your love didn't hand, open the door. I mean, on one hand, it's an accident. Oh, right? sure. For sure. Like, yeah. you didn't mean to do that. No. And so, I, I get that accidents happen. But I've also done things in the moment that I thought were going to be funny or play off well mm-hmm. and they did not go well mm-hmm. and I had to like own up to that. But on the other hand, we know as people who are fans of things and collectors that, yes. like, if someone came in your house and just, like, accidentally destroyed part of your Ninja Turtle collection, sure. you would be like, please replace that. Like, well, like, I totally would be like, <laughs> oh, no, it's fine, it's fine. But at the same time, I would definitely be like, hopefully you would. It's, right. It's the equivalent. Honestly, those three bobbleheads is the equivalent to my entire mug collection work falling on the ground. Right. So, like. Yeah. So, if you've ever followed me on social media, you may have seen, like, my billion mugs at work. So, it would have been the same thing if, like, that entire wall just fell down. Yes. So. I've got two bobbleheads that have been broken. I'm never touching a bobblehead again. I don't even Stay out of that room, by the way. I don't know if I'm going to walk through Michael's Uh, office ever again. (laughs) My my buddy Sean bought me a Jimmy McGill bobblehead from the show Better Call Saul Mm -hmm. or Breaking Mm -hmm. Bad, Mm -hmm. uh, Saul Goodman. And he was sitting on that... Mantle. Mantle, thank you. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I was cleaning it one day, 
he fell over and hit the right there in front of his fireplace and his head popped off. So mm. I still didn't fix that yet. That's something I could easily fix with like some Gorilla Glue. Right. Mm. Um, the second one's a little more, I guess, humorous if you have like a dark kind of humor. Um, when I was in Charleston, no, no, Savannah, Georgia, five years ago. Okay. Uh, we were in this weird little store there on the river and they were selling Abraham Lincoln and Robert E. Lee bobbleheads. So I bought Abraham Lincoln. He won. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I bought him. So I didn't take him out of the thing until I got home, like a few days later from the trip, and a part of the back of his head had broken off. Wow. And I'm like, wow, this is really authentic. Wow. <laughs> That's how they all are. Yeah, maybe they all just have part of the head detached. Yeah, just a little bit. Mm-hmm. In case you want to set up like a diorama or something. Yikes. Yeah. So okay. the only other thing I had today was I thought about the way over here. It's been pouring rain here. Yes. It's been falling a flood, is what. I've always been raised mm-hmm. knowing like that. a cow Dog. pissing on a flat rock. Yes, like Erica asked me. Okay. Call it. <laughs> you never heard that? No, no never heard that. are you? You've never no. heard that? No. Like a cow pissing on a flat rock. <laughs> yeah, that's the same. I'm gonna listen. I don't think about it. Now on. I'm You're welcome. Sure. I will always. This has been Ashby Sutherism. I will always have an umbrella with me now. <laughs> think about that. But no, Eric, I said that not long ago, and Erica was like, "It's falling a flood." I was like. You've never heard that? And she means you're up in Kingston, but yeah, never fallen flood. Either way, what's your rain song? Oh. Song for rainy days. Oh. Um, well, I mean, I, I usually take things like that literally. That's what I, I more so mean rain right. type song, not just um, like. So there's a song by Gary Allen called Songs About Rain. Okay. Um, yeah. That's, that's a pretty mm-hmm. on the nose mm-hmm. thing there. If you give me like. In seconds, I probably think of something else. But. There is a beautiful narrative song by Trisha Yearwood called Georgia Rain mm. that is wonderful. I think Gary Allen references that song in his uh, Rain Out in Georgia. There you um, go. Ken, so Kentucky it's Rain. It's really good. It's a really good song. Here comes that rainy day feeling again. And then You Can Never Go Wrong with Clean by Taylor Swift. That's no, a good rain that's song. That's a very good rain song. Well, I have two. One was Have You Ever Seen the Rain? Yeah, oh yeah, CCR. Yeah, and for then sure. the other was "I Wish It Would Rain" by The Temptations. Oh, that's oh, real good. Okay, there's I don't know who sings it, but it's a country song. Let it rain, let it pour. She don't mm. love me anymore. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That one came to mind too. Well, the Temptation ones is pretty like heartfelt. Where it's like you know men ain't supposed to cry, but I guess if it's raining, you, know, you really can't tell that he's crying type deal. Yeah. So it's like everybody's enjoying a very beautiful day, and he's like, "I wish it would rain." Very nice. So, okay. Rainy day songs. We could do an entire podcast on that someday. But yeah. But for now, like a bonus episode. It's pouring a flood. Falling mm-hmm. flood. Falling flood. It's raining cats and dogs. Yeah. And cows pissing on yep. <laughs> That's why apparently Eric and Kyle have hats, and I have a hoodie. No, no, so we're ha- we have hats. Like, these are these prepared. are coaching hats. Yes. These coaching are hats, hats that I got for coaching football. Wow. Uh, thank I you. I've never coached. Take any. a coach seriously wearing that hat, uh, but that's okay. That's okay. We don't. Eric pulls that hat. I pull it off pretty well. I don't. See, look, I'm, I'm pulling I just kind of like putting it back here and look like I'm on a safari adventure. Wow. All right. Great intro, guys. Well, thanks for joining yes, us, ladies here. and gentlemen. Whether you don't scratch your head unless it itches or you don't dance until somebody plays some music, we would ask that you please subscribe to us on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. And rate and review us five stars, just like Julius Campbell is a five-star recruit, all-American. Oh. Please also follow us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at What the What Media. All one word. And find us on Twitter at WTW underscore media. And please share with your friends if you enjoyed today's episode or one of the 62 
other What the What episodes that we have available in the archives. Last time on this podcast, we were all over the place with our mixtape song list. And on today's episode, we are taking a deep dive into my favorite movie, Remember the Titans! Yeah! It's favorite movie of all time! Here is the one. your spoiler warning for today's episode. We will be going deep into Remember the Titans. Deep dive! If you haven't oh, seen this movie, <laughs> make sure to check it out first so you don't get spoiled. In fact, if you haven't seen this movie, Kyle and Ashley will do up-downs until you have seen this movie. Uh, no. Mm-mm. No? Okay. No. Not even on one. No? Not even a little bit. No. Oh, okay. Fine. Maybe you will. Maybe we get to ver- reverse the roles. I don't think so. You're probably the only one that does a proper I'll do the whistle blows. Yeah. I don't think and so. And I'll deny you water and talk trash to you. The I don't think right. so. I'll degrade you as you try, <laughs> try to do yeah. that. Put your hand down. For regulation. Mm-hmm. Why are you smiling? All right, anyway. Uh, so, we're going to recap this movie as quickly as possible. I didn't ask either one of y'all to do this. Because it's all about you. Because yeah, this, this is, is my favorite movie. This is your time to shine. It would make sense if I recap the movie here. Right. As quickly as possible. 40 hours later. <laughs> just Put me down. on a timer. Put me on two minutes. Give me okay. a two minute timer. Okay. I'm going to do this Countdown. in under 120 seconds. And if not, you're going to do 20 yeah. hours. I mean, I could probably do it in like one sentence. Yeah. Okay. I could okay. probably do this in one sentence where, I could do hey, it. in the 1970s, a football team solved racism. The end. Well, I would just say racism <laughs> sucks. Football ain't bad. Yep. Like, there you go. So. Okay. All right, let's do this. Are you ready? Yep. Five, four, three, two, one. All right, so, stop that. So, uh, the movie starts with some guys playing football, and there's a coach there who's coaching up his team, and the schools in Virginia are segregating, finally, in 1971. They're a little behind the times. Desegregating. They're desegregating, not segregating. Thank you for correcting me. There. That's a whole different thing there. So they're merging schools, and people are not happy. Lots of people uh, rioting, and lots of people protesting, and there's people on every side of the issue, and they're just not happy about it at all. And turns out, since the schools are desegregating, got it right this time, uh, they are bringing in another football coach, and they gave him the head coach position over this other guy named Coach Yost, uh, who was in line for the Hall of Fame. And there's a big argument about that. Uh, coach Boone, the guy who's now the head coach, played by Denzel Washington, he goes to coach to um, meet his new players. Uh, they end up uh, having a big stare down between the other school. This is black and white um, players. They don't like each other because of race. Well, they go to camp, and they're trying to really get this team to get along. And it turns out they do have some things in common. They end up getting along after, you know, long, long days of practices and, you know, not liking each other, end up liking each other by the time they get back. And then Coach Boone finds out that if he loses a football game, they're going to fire him and they're going to replace him with Coach Chips. So he has to go undefeated. So they play the football games. There are still people who aren't happy about it, even though they're playing football. They win all the football games. Um, 30 seconds. 30 seconds, good. One of the uh, All-American players gets in a car crash. He ends up becoming paralyzed. They win the state championship anyway. Racism is solved. Everyone's happy. Gary dies at the uh, ten years later, and they reunite. They reunite at his funeral, where they say, "We always remember the Titans." When we don't think race relations can work, we always remember the Titans. The end. To be fair, Gary died at the beginning of the movie. Well, he also died at the end of the movie too. That's true. Well, that was great. I mean, you're right. You had ten seconds to spare. I loved how like you were like at one forty five or one fifteen. And you just did get out of camp at that point. Right. And you finished it out. Right. Well, the rest of the movie was pretty simple. Yeah, that's true. They played that's football true. games and like, they won them all. You know, game, mm-hmm. game, game. And there were some issues there in between, but yeah. You know, like 13-0. Yeah, 13-0. Yeah. 
Second best team in the country. Chris, so Chris Rhodes said that's where his nickname Sunshine came from. Sunshine. So. That's right. Yeah, we called him Sunshine. Well, because he had long blonde hair. He did. Not for any other reason. Just to be clear. Yeah. <laughs> yep. show. But I mean, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. Cool. So, <laughs> two questions. Give or take. Did you like this film? I did. Obviously. Ask me how you feel. Uh, it was okay. I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. I just, mm. like, it's one of those things where it was an enjoyable movie to watch. I can admit that. I've never seen it before. Um... I just don't. Um, football's not my thing. I'm not big into sports movies. It's not a sports movie. Um, arguably, it involves sports. And it's like Die Hard being a Christmas movie. It involves Christmas, but it's a Christmas movie. It is a Christmas movie, but it's also not it a Christmas movie. Christmas. It's a football movie if it involves football. Yeah, it's not the main. I will at least argue on your behest that I did not have to understand the rules of football to enjoy the movie. That's but right. it is a football movie. Well, this um, talking trash. Well, that's fine. You can talk trash. <laughs> keep your mouth shut. <laughs> that's not what he said. He said, know your role. No, no. And shut your mouth. He said, right. keep your mouth I'll shut. Know your role and shut your mouth. <laughs> Followed by Emily Bailey Clark. Great movie and music. Yep. I mean, I'm just saying this. No, you're good. Look, I mean, look, I just watched the movie, so now I know, mm-hmm. you know, People love this movie. Thing. I anyway. Said, I said, yes, I enjoy it. I said, yeah. my thought immediately that is in the top five sports movies of all time. But truthfully, I haven't watched all the sports movies of all time, so I can't really say. But I feel like it's definitely up there. Yeah, I agree, because we were talking in a text that I feel like this is more of a drama-type movie with sports just kind of being... Uh, an atmosphere for it. Right. Yeah. And I I mean, everyone I told, like, oh, I have to watch Remember the Titans, mm-hmm. were like, how have you never seen Remember mm-hmm. the Titans was the first thing they said. The second thing they said was, oh, you'll love it, you'll cry. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, okay, well, I don't really like football, so I'm already not interested in at least the setting. We can argue that mm-hmm. the setting is football. And so then I'm kind of like, okay, well, I'm also like in a place right now where I'm just not really in the mood to cry. So I'm trying really hard not to watch dramas because the real world is already tough enough. So I'm like, okay, let me watch this movie about football where I'm going to cry. And that's exactly what happened. Mm -hmm. And like, I got through it. Will I ever like watch it again by myself for fun for no reason? No, never again. So I denied it for a long time. I feel like I maybe saw it. High school, late high also school. Also, the college. music. The music was Chef's yes, Kiss. Yes. So there, there he is. Yeah. So <laughs> it's one of my favorite movies. I think for the main reason, when I got a DVD player in high school, I got this DVD with it, and it was the only DVD I owned for like ten months. Mm. So the only movie I watched in my room for ten months was this movie. I watched all the special scenes, the deleted scenes, the I watched it with subtitles. I mean, I watched it every which way you could watch this movie because it was the only movie I had. That's pretty okay. much me with Little Nicky and Josie and the Pussycats. But those are the only movies. Rewatching it this Different week, mm-hmm. I couldn't help but be like, I don't know. The message in the movie is still as important today as it was in 1971. I think that's why I was so depressed watching it because right. nothing's changed. nothing's changed. And yeah, I mean, it was. The, it was a true story in the 70s, mm-hmm. and it opens with 
you know, a, someone, a store owner or a police officer having sh- a white person having shot a black kid. Mm-hmm. And now the entire town is in an uproar protesting, you know, like where the police are standing basically between the white protesters and the black protesters. Mm-hmm. And it just immediately, three minutes in, I was just really horrified that like it's been decades and nothing has changed. Like, that could have easily been an opening scene for a modern movie. That's what Erica said when we were watching it together the other night. She's like, honestly, this could be happening right now in this exact same movie. Right. This movie now or whatever. So, I mean, watching this, it just reminds me how much work we actually have to do as a society, as as people, as Americans, to make sure that this is still not true 20 years later. Mm -hmm. But maybe you'd even think, like, back, you know, because I graduated in 2005. We're all, like, in a year or two of each other with that. Mm -hmm. And it's like I could fully see a lot of this occurring while we were in high school. Yeah. It did. Like, not necessarily to the extreme level. I won't say that. But, like, there was just the under, I even say undertone, but just growing up here in the South, those type of things were not uncommon. You know. And so to be older and realize now things that were happening around you and to be aware of situations and things now, I don't know. It's just different. I don't know. I'm stumbling all over my words with this, but it's just like I, I feel it's like an I important fully, conversation to have. It is, and I just honestly in this movie, none of it really surprised me, and I feel yeah. like that's a bad. Th- well, it is a bad. Thing. Like you talk about the characters you wanted to punch in the face. Yes, we know people who yes. have done and said and acted the same way as these characters that you want to punch in the face. Mm-hmm. Um. So, I mean, okay, so this movie came out in 2000. It's 20 years old this year. Um, it's, ba- it's set in 1971 in Virginia, so it's in the South. I mean, if you count Virginia as the South, and I guess for these purposes we do. Um, it's an important conversation to have because it's still happening. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it's depressing, like Ashby said, to think that nothing's changed in 50 years. But mm-hmm. that doesn't mean the work stops. I mean, it's a reminder oh, yeah. that... With time, with the proper outlook, with effort being given, that there can be change. There can be conversation to be had. There can be community, which is ultimately the goal, right? Right, yeah. Well, I'd say, like, let's move forward with this and take it to our favorite scenes. And this takes me right into one of mine is just the entire camp scene. All right, so we'll skip favorite character. We'll go to favorite scenes. Sorry, I don't have the same schedule or thing printed out. It's all good. um, But one of mine is the camp scene, and Mm -hmm. or all the scenes where they're at the camp, where I feel like it speaks, and it's me just trying to think on a deeper level, but it's so so true that if you can take people and get them out of their comfort zone and force them to kind of be somewhere else, not surrounded by everybody else that would tend to, you know, pipe them up, I guess. Right. You know, that's when real change can happen. Yes. When we stop letting things get in the way, we stop being so used to how things are this way or the other. Like, you get, you know, for this movie purpose, you had two people groups out in a neutral place, and they had to work it out. And it wasn't easy. It wasn't some super simple thing. But, like, you see the difference in how they come back versus how they left and what all they went through to finally get there. And it's like how much, you know, you could. that's a real-life statement. Like, it's not just a sports thing. That's just a people thing where... If you can get people in a room together outside of just where, you know, I'm over here on my side of Facebook world typing things with mm-hmm. all my people that are going to hype me up and comment and love what I say 
versus really just being in a room with somebody and trying to talk things out. But how how change can happen. And I'll and I'll say this, you know, you may think there are people who are just set in their ways, and I can see how it would be easy to think that. But I have seen over the past four years people who have been really really hardcore on many different issues that I have fundamentally disagreed with. But over time and through many, many hours of dialogue and conversation, I've seen a shift. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't happen if you just write them off immediately. That's yeah, true. absolutely. So, I mean, it's got to, it, it, it can be an annoying process. It can be a painstaking process. But I, I truly believe that people can be redeemed and they can see the error of their ways. And that, I mean, you see this in the movie where uh, Bertier, I mean, he's, he has no interest. You know, he even tells Boone in one of my favorite scenes, like, Hey, you know, I'm the only all American that your team has right now. So, you know, I want you to reserve half the spots on this team for uh, all the white players, half on the offense, half on the special teams. We don't need anyone on defense. We're set on defense. And he, he punch him then. Yeah, and he he had no, he, you know, he was he was set in his ways. Um, and you see the contrast between him and Ray. Him and Ray are like buddy buddy. They're super tight. Ray never reaches the point where I don't want to punch him. Yeah, Ray's all, Ray's punchable the entire movie. Right. And well, Gary, he ends up something. I mean, he ends up go, getting to know Julius, um, mm-hmm. who he plays with on the defense. They have a little breakthrough on the practice field. Um, they're messing around in the locker room, and Gary starts to see, hey, what I thought before and what I said before, okay, I was wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, he ends up making a big change to the point where he, when he's in the hospital, he tells the nurse, she's like, only Ken's allowed back here. Can't you see the resemblance? That's my brother. That was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, whereas Ray never gave it a chance, never was willing to change, you know, was just kind of stuck in his way there. And so, yeah, if you're stuck in your ways, you're never going to... I mean, that's how we grow as people is to be able to listen and, and understand other viewpoints. Right. Because if you're stuck in your own viewpoints, then... Well, yeah. and I think a lot of hate comes from fear. Yes, fear mm-hmm. of and what you don't understand. it's really easy to fear what you don't know. Yep. And so I think it's really genius that he immediately starts forcibly integrating the team. So yes. it's not... A white bus and a black bus, it's offense and defense. Yep. And you're going to room with, whoever you're, with, with whoever you're sitting with on the bus. And then you have to make an effort to get to know that person. Okay. You have to know their family and yep. their likes and dislikes and be able to report it back. Yep. Um, you have to sit with them in the <laughs> dining room. And so it, that was really genius, I think, on Coach Boone's part because it's very easy to fall into what you know and what you recognize and what you're comfortable with. Yeah. Um, and so that was the whole issue with integration and people who fought against it. It wasn't just prejudice and bigotry, although that had a lot to do with it. It was also fear, mm-hmm. fear of the unknown. Yes. And so I, one of my favorite, two favorite scenes is when Boone and his family first move into the neighborhood. Yes. And all the white people in the neighborhood are like, oh, they are here. Yeah. And where they go, more of them will surely follow, mm-hmm. and we don't want them here. And they never say black person, or yeah. they just keep saying they and them. Yep. 
And so they're very hostile. And then, of course, when he starts building a winning team and they keep winning games, now this entire white neighborhood is like, woo, go coach, you know? And so because they get to know him and arguably he does at least sort of like ingratiate them with a winning team Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, sports and winning sports isn't a great way to get rid of your prejudice because I'm sure if he had lost games they oh, might yeah. have well, they were gonna turned fire. hostile right I mean they they literally say right like hey we had to give them something correct and then but they were looking for a way out at least baby steps you yep. know and so like you have all of these white people looking at their blinds like oh my gosh and then by the end of it they come out on their porches and they hang out their windows and they cheer and they clap. And so I liked that sort of like foil between the beginning of the movie and the end of the movie. Absolutely. Um, so those were my two favorite scenes. So um, my favorite scenes, I mean the whole movie is really a favorite scene of mine, but um, if I had to break it down into like eight, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Um, start the clock. Yeah, go ahead and start the clock. So um, <laughs> I really enjoyed the first scene where um, Coach Moon is meeting his team in the gym. Mm-hmm. And just like you got this, you know, they're just goofing off. Like, oh, right. I'm gonna run for a thousand, a two thousand, thousand yards. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do that. And coach comes in and he just kind of shuts all that down. Like, guys got the, the the fist up and he's like, put your hand down, dude. Um, and he's like, why? Well, you know, he just just it's funny how he do went you from. Or do you not like football? He's like, oh, zero we're not fun, fun sir. anymore. Yeah, it's not fun anymore, is it? Well, it used to be fun, but it's not fun anymore. <laughs> I just love uh, the actor. Yeah, it's just kind of like. I, is it no? Yes. Yes, I, I don't like, know. He it just doesn't fun. know. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and Boone rides him pretty hard the whole movie. But I don't uh, feel like I could play for him. I keep thinking about that. Well, I only played no. one year of football in my entire life. Basketball is a different story. Well, there, there's some st- stories about how you know he was really, really, really tough, really, really hard to play for. A lot of players quit. A lot, I'm just saying, a lot like, of players couldn't handle it. I right. would have been those players because yeah. my and that's not like I get it. There's tough people that are manly and play football, whatever. Like. But my anxiety would, like, I would throw up physically yeah. seeing that man. Right. Yeah. Well, what's his name? Um, oh. Haiti. No. Yeah, the character who's played by the hot guy. Oh, no. Um, Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. Thank you, yeah. Ryan Gosling. He guy. did throw up yeah. a few yeah. times. The guy from Are You Yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and La La Land. Book. Anyway, no. um, but, but yeah, I mean, are you afraid of the dark? Yeah, I mean, we can get into that, I guess, uh, at some point. But you know, his coaching style is not necessarily one I'd recommend. I mean, but we'll get to that. In, I, guess, but I feel like that's days. what I remember, though, out yeah. of like school. Like I remember my football year just being scared to death of like mm-hmm. people like that, and it's like, and of course, you had the ones that knew what they were doing. They were all like, "That's what you do. It makes you tough. You're a man." And it's like you're. Seventh grade boy, you're not a man. Like, well, there, there's, there's pushing it. you to be better, and there's abusing you. You're right. I mean, that, right. that that's a line that even that's true. Yeah. Coach Boone, like, because honestly, some you know, coming from from a coaching background, if you don't push them to get better, they quit. They give up on themselves. They'll never know true. how good they can go. But there's also right. a point where you're not pushing them to get better at, at any right. point. You're just Torturing them, yeah. correct, and yeah. So well, that's what I say. Like I love sports. Like I don't mean that as a just I'm some musical guy and like sports are stupid. I'm not saying that at all. Like, and I've had coaches, especially the basketball ones, that really pushed me. But I could see that and appreciate it versus some of the football experience I had. Anyway. Yeah, and I get that too because I didn't play football for that reason. I mean, I had some bad football experiences, so I didn't play mm-hmm. football. And well, like your coach Creech voice is a, that scares me, and makes me like hide down in in a chair. 
is the same way that most of those coaches like. Yeah, coach but my coach Reed's voice done. isn't nearly as bad as you really think it is. It was on that bus that day. Well, yeah, but anyway. Anyway. Anyway, other favorite scenes of mine, before we get into a big philosophical debate on coaching. Yes. Um, enjoyed the camp stuff. Enjoyed the Gettysburg run. Um, just how he is imploring them to come together. Um, otherwise, they'll be destroyed from within. Um, love the, the shots of the guys acting like a team. Like stuff in the locker room, um, joking around in the in the shower area. Um, love the first introduction of Sunshine, both when he shows up at camp and then when he has to go into the game. Mm-hmm. And like his first move is just like, hey, let that guy through and I'm going to backdrop him. Right. I mean, to the point where the other coach is like, that's got to be unnecessary roughness. It's like on a QB? Are you serious? Come on. Um, love uh, their team meeting in the gym where um, – you know, they're just trying to come together after, right. you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, tough week at school. And uh, there's so many good good scenes. I really love the scene at the hospital um, where they're all there. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned it earlier when Julius goes back and he, he's called his um, Gary's brother. Um, and then they get to the state championship game. I love that Gary's girlfriend, who has been very vocal about not wanting to be friends with people, not wanting to be friends with uh, African-Americans, you know, was not for it at all. Even after Gary had kind of turned around and, you know, saw that it wasn't that bad, she finally, she's there at the game and she's like, hey, I'm making an effort here. Right. You know, and I, it's, that scene right there was really good to me. So That was another one, not particularly that one, but his girlfriend. I made a note earlier, like, after they've come together, they won the first game. The girlfriend's riding around in the convertible with that jerk face and was like, hey, you know, come on, Gary. We're going up to wherever it is. The hill. Like, the hill. Like, you know. And instead of going and making out with his girlfriend, he's like, no, we're going to hang down here with the guys. And she's like, no, I'm not. I ain't doing that. I ain't following. You know, we're going different ways, Gary. And, like, I love the fact that he just didn't, like, crumble and just go with his girlfriend. Especially as a high schooler when you've got a girlfriend's like, here, come to the hill or the mountain or whatever and, like, make out versus... Just hanging out down here with your friends, like that's not your typical response from a you know high school dude. So yeah. first off, to say that, but then also to stand by what he believes in in the midst of that, like definitely. I don't know. I'm just glad that that happened because very easily he could have been that could have been a turning point in the movie a different way. Well, let's jump into our favorite characters, um, and I'll go ahead and start because I didn't mention her at all yet. Hayden Penetary's character. Oh, yeah. Stole the movie for me. My So my mom, when I told her I was going to watch it, she was like, you know, if your brother hadn't been born and something had happened to me, that's how you would have turned out mm-hmm. with just your dad. And mm-hmm. I was like... That's 100%. And then I watched the movie, I was like, she's not wrong. <laughs> so we're watching the movie, and Eric was like, that's the girl from Nashville, right? And I was like, yep. yeah, that's the girl from Nashville. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man! I like Frankie. From and Rangers I just Ford. love how like she would just like grab their helmets and be yep. like, "Do better." Mm-hmm. Well, she's <laughs> up in the stands complaining. And yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! But then she also just had, she was so much more grown yeah. than mm-hmm. than her age. You know, mm-hmm. like at the very end when she looks at her dad and she's like, "Maybe now's not the time for pride." Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like I was like, "Oh." She knows what she's talking about. I love that about. she's not afraid to give it back to the parents in the stand. Right. With a, Don't take up my boy. He's getting beat like he stole something. And it's like, you stabbed this girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just, oh. 
And she's like, um, she's so cute though, because then when she's in the stands with her dad, and she's like, I'm not gonna lie, coach, I wanted the Hall of Fame real yeah, bad. Yeah. <laughs> and that southern draw, real yeah, bad. Real bad. I really liked her. Like, she was invited over to the to the Boone's house, yes. and instead of playing with the little girls and the right. dolls, she's over there watching film with yes, Boone up against the refrigerator. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh my goodness, that was really funny. How they never like you could tell they finally found sort of like this grudging respect in their mm-hmm. friendship, but those two girls just had nothing in common. Yes. You run a good camp, coach. I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm nine and a half. Yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite characters uh, is Frankie from Boy Meets World. Louis. Yeah. Louis Elastic. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. that's me. <laughs> I'm the big dude that just shows up and it's like, I'm serious to have a good time. And I like, just right. get along with everybody and just have, I don't know, just like his character throughout the entire thing. And I love like how he grows in this movie where he has no mm-hmm. faith in himself. Mm-hmm. He's very realistic with himself. Like, you know, I don't have a future in this. No, I don't do this, but there's no way I'm going to college. I'm stupid. And it's like, right. you know, the scene where he, to lean in and say, my favorite, not to jump ahead, my no. favorite quote, it was when he's like, I'm eligible, eligible. coach. Like, and well, he's I'm like, a, well, that's nice, but I'm married. I'm married. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I got to see average coach. I'm going to college. Oh, so that was a that good was scene. so good. Yeah. Oh, good stuff. Um, so, Louis was your favorite character. Or Frankie. No, no, he's Louis this week. He's also the guy from Butterfly Fix. He, yes, And he's yes. also in My Name is Earl. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Sunshine. Sunshine. Sunshine, mm-hmm. yeah. Because... Ronnie Bass. I think that Sunshine has a few different roles in this movie, like lessons he's supposed to impart to the audience. So mm-hmm. there is obviously the situation of him being gay mm-hmm. and out. You're led to believe he never mm-hmm. says it, right. uh, much to his roommate's chagrin. Yeah. He's I just, like, I, gotta I don't know. care, but I got to know. I got to know. I mean, well, like, if you don't I, care, like, it don't matter. But like, I got to know. It don't matter. Then why you got to know? Right. And he's like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> um, that scene in the locker room where he kisses Bertier, Bertier yeah. was a little uncomfortable for me. I know it was supposed to be, but given that it's the '70s, I know he's just moved to the South from California. But I just don't. I don't see where he thinks it's going to end well for him to openly kiss a man in a locker room in front of other, mm. you know, like, like I, it would be more believable to me if he waited until they were alone. Right. And I don't know if it was like a power tactic, you know, to like just come on strong to the team and be like, well, if I get the crap beat out of me, then I get the crap beat out of me. Mm. But if, if, if they accept me, then like we're cool, you know? Mm. And so they do come around after Bertier tries to beat the crap out of him. Um, and so so then I was like, okay, well then what... Because I almost forgot that it was a true story. So I was like, what was the premise of just like throwing in a gay character? Like this movie already has so much going on. They already have so much they have to deal with. And now it's, again, the 70s and they have a gay man on the team. Um, and then I remembered that it's based on a true story. So then I went and looked up if he was actually mm-hmm. gay, and he was. And so then I was like, oh, well, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also, so I, I like that when, because sometimes when we talk about prejudice, we, we automatically talk about race. And that is important to overcome racial prejudice. But I think that we also forget that there are other kinds of prejudice and that there are other um, groups that are that are looked down upon mm-hmm. or um, 
oh my gosh, I lost the word. What's the that are discriminated against? Discriminated against? Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, That's a um, word. and so that is a word. But so I I really appreciated that like there were that we they were focusing on multiple forms of prejudice, especially again that it's based in the seventies, mm-hmm. and you know he's this guy from California. He does yoga. Um, and they just, I think that that, that also says something about the idea that like, if you are good at something, then there are things that groups of people are willing to overlook and overcome in the name of accomplishing a goal together. Mm -hmm. And so they're like, well, okay, he's gay and we're not sure how we feel about that, but he's a really good QB. So like, whatever. Um... And so I really liked Sunshine's role in the group. And what I also really appreciated about that character is that Sunshine was sort of the definition of what happens when we're ignorant about prejudice, not just prejudiced. So there were white dudes on that team that were prejudiced and that were having to overcome blatant bigotry. Sunshine's issue is that he's a white dude from California who doesn't understand the social norms of Virginia in the 70s and he's ignorant about things and instead of listening to his black teammates, he drags them into a situation that makes them feel uncomfortable and unwelcome. And so at first you think, well, Sunshine's cool because he immediately walks into the team and doesn't care anything about integration and doesn't doesn't treat his black teammates any differently than he treats his white teammates. But when they have that scene where they go into that diner and they try to get service and they're kicked out, he comes out and he's like, man, I didn't know. And one of the other guys is like, I told you. I told you, you that was going to happen. You didn't want to know. Yeah. And you can tell how, like, devastated he is. And so I think that that Sunshine's character is so important to understanding that sometimes it is, it is our job not just to overcome prejudice, but to overcome ignorance about our own prejudices mm-hmm. and to listen to our friends as allies when they tell us that there's something wrong. Mm-hmm. There's a deleted scene where Sunshine goes back to that restaurant with his dad and with the players. Okay. And his dad is like it works for the like government. The admiral or something yeah, like that. He, he's a government, like, yeah, right, Navy or who something. Who has contacts with like I don't know with Better Business Bureau. I didn't go back and watch it. But I remember watching. You know, I mean, the deleted scene from twenty years ago. But he ends up threatening the restaurant owner, saying, "Hey, you're going to let us eat here, right? You're going or right. he's coming down on you." Yeah. And you know so. He, right. he, he tries to make it right. Yes. You know, later, even if they didn't show that in the main movies. So. Right. Mm. So, yeah. Um, cool. Favorite quotes. Favorite quotes. I have a few that I use every football season. Let's hear them. Yeah, let's so, hear like, them. So, like, you just worry about your offense. Let me worry about the defense. Right. <laughs> me and uh, Chris, who coach together, I run the defense. He runs the offense. We tell each other that 50 times a year. I mean, just where right. you just worry about the defense, you know, kind of in a joking way, but not in a serious way. Um, running up, Herman, leave no doubt. Uh, that was uh, Coach Yost telling Coach Boone in that game where the refs were really, like, kind of crooked in that game until Yost goes out there and tells them, hey, I'm going to go to the papers if you don't quit this. And they start running up the score and, run it up, Herman, leave no doubt. And um, so I really like that. Um 
the beginning of the movie, which is how every football movie I feel like you know starts in Virginia, high school football is a way of life. It's bigger than Christmas Day. I feel like every football movie starts up in this state. Oh. Football's bigger than life. Yeah, <laughs> I think about Friday Night Lights, how they set that up. You yeah. know, it's like football is life. Yeah. Um, I mean, just so many. So many good quotes. Um, I don't want them to gain another yard. You blitz all night. They cross the line of scrimmage. I'm going to take out every last one of you. You make sure they remember forever the night they played the Titans. I mean, yeah. I love mm-hmm. one of mine is not one of the obvious ones, but I loved what um, Sunshine's dad said whenever they showed up. And they're pretty much turning Sunshine away, not because of who he is, but just the fact of yeah. not needing another quarterback or person in that role. And then yeah, pretty his good dad says, well, I met Coach Tabor. He won't let blacks play on his team. Well, I see if these boys can fight a war together, they can play football together. Yeah. And it's just like, it was nice to see somebody beyond your main characters taking notice that this isn't right. Especially like with him being involved and so, you know, traveling around. In the same way even with, as you say, Louis, like, just talking about how he comes from a Navy like, yeah, family. Naval it's family like, yeah. So you come in and being more aware of these situations than the people that are around it the entire time. Um, Gary talking to Julius in the hospital. I was afraid of you, Julius. I only saw what I was afraid of. And now I know I was only hating my brother. I just love, love that. That's when I started crying. Yes. Because he says, I'll tell you what, though, man. When this is all over, mm-hmm. me and you going to move out to the same neighborhood together, okay? Mm-hmm. And we'll get old and we'll get fat. And there ain't going to be this black and white between us. Mm-hmm. That's when I started crying. Yep. <laughs> Um, the I really like the the I'm eligible coach and he's yes. like I'm married. Uh, it's okay. I'm I'm flattered, um, but I'm married. And then I really like the what are you mobile, agile, hostile? What, what is, is pain? pain? French bread. What is fatigue? Army clothes. Will you ever quit? No. <laughs> no, we want, want some, some more. more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lartart Warren says I don't scratch my head unless it itches, and I don't dance unless, unless I, I hear some music. music. I will not be intimidated. That's oh just man! The way it is. When that coach refused to shake his hand mm-hmm. and he handed him a banana, man, uh, I yes. got chills. Mm-hmm. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. Oh, I love too, like when they get in the locker room and the final game. There's such a turning point in Coach Boone where he's no longer like coming down on them. And now, like there is, you know. I talked very harshly about him at the beginning of the movie, or the beginning of this podcast. There's definitely, you know, coming around and all of that. But, you know, they get in the locker room at halftime during that last game and said, it's all right, we're in a fight. You boys are doing all that you can. Anybody can see that. Win or lose, we're going to walk out of the stadium tonight with our heads held high. Do your best. That's all that anybody can ask for. And I love how Julius responds to him. Right now. And says, no, I ain't saying that I'm, no, I ain't saying I'm perfect because I'm not. And I'm never going to be. None of us are. But we have won every single game we have played them to now. So this team is perfect. We stepped on that field that way tonight. And uh, if it's all the same to you, Coach Boone, that's how we want to leave it. Yeah. And so it's just you know showing that where Coach Boone has his big thing earlier about being perfect and everything will be perfect. And even like he's talking to Yotes where he's Drop like, pass, you run a mile. Well, even all that. But he's talking to other coach Yotes and he's like, I'm a winner. I'm going, I'm going to win. To win. Yep. And then knowing that that's how he is, not even just as a big speech in front of the guys, that's him personally saying that. And then to come around and to say this, you know, in front of all of them. Yeah. Well, and not only that, but he shows it because he, he um, him and the other coach, uh, Coach Yost, end up, the whole season, they're like, you worry about your offense, you worry about your defense. Mm-hmm. They end up coming together. Hey, I need some help on defense. Hey, I need some help on offense. I, you know, right. or, you know, let's run. 
he scoffed at the idea of a trick play at the mm-hmm. beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. And the last play of the season that wins in the championship is a 33 blast with a backside Georgia reverse, which is a trick play. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it's just uh, just how they end up going um, along with each other's philosophies at the end, showing that they did grow, showing that they they did learn from each other, and it wasn't just a one-way street there. I was pleasantly surprised by the humor, I think, mm-hmm. which was nice that yeah. that was kind of interwoven. You know, like when Boone is giving Sunshine the speech about, like, you know, my mom and daddy died in the same month. I had mm-hmm. 12 brothers 12. and sisters. And he leaves and the assistant coach goes, yeah, 12, 12 brothers, brothers and sisters? He's like, eight. eight. Yeah. He's like, you're right, 12 sounds better. better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, one of the Joe's biggest things that he said, I really like, said, I hope you boys have learned as much for me this year as I've learned from you. You've taught this city how to trust the soul of a man rather than the look of him. And I guess it's about time I joined the club. Uh, also, we've got Laura Tart Warren also says, Alistair, are you blind? blind? <laughs> Don't you see the resemblance? That's my brother. Yes, love it. <laughs> Alice, are you blind? Love it. Don't you see in a family? I loved like, his whole oh. interaction the entire time with her. She's like, here yeah. you are. Get out. I told <laughs> you not to come in here. Oh, my gosh. I, I, what I also really loved in the character of Gary's mother was the idea that, like, we, we can affect change in the lives of the people around us. Yes. Because Gary's mother was just as she prejudiced as he was at the beginning. Yeah. And you she was not having your it. Mother. You don't That's right. Play basketball with and you. he brought her around. And I think... Mm-hmm. Um, Jules had Jules Julius. Julius had something to do with that too, obviously. But the fact that by the time he gets injured, Julius comes into the hospital and hugs her mm-hmm. and says, "I'm really sorry," yep. you know, like their relationship. Well, that even at evolved, the funerals, he's holding her. Hand. He's holding her mm-hmm. hand. Yep. Yes, and so like I thought that was really beautiful to show that like Gary's commitment. To fighting his own issues and befriending Julius and making that friendship work and making it strong eventually also rubbed off on his mother. Absolutely. Well, I love that shows that too because oftentimes we talk about how like we need to grow, we need to make things better for future generations, but it's like, and it's kind of what you talked about earlier too, but like a lot of times we'll count out older people or people that are our elders because well that's just how they were raised or that's just right. what they're used to or we're never going to change your mind it's like no like everyone can grow there's no age limit to learning you know truth about things and to realizing and growing so you, but um, you also have to be willing to stand sure your ground on what you know to be right sure yeah, yeah. I mean there's some give and take on some things and you know where you can but there's also some things where you know okay this is a hard line I've got to make sure I plant myself like a tree Hey, we'll mm-hmm. probably quote that at some point in the next year and say, no, you move. In the next <laughs> Just yeah. like that. week. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, cool deal. What's our, um, next our next one is what worked the best. We've already talked about that a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I felt like Denzel Washington, you know, he's just one of those guys where you bring him into a movie and he raises the bar for everyone else around him. Absolutely. Like, he's kind of like LeBron James on the Cleveland Cavaliers a few years ago where. There's really no other good players on that team, but they're still winning 55 games because LeBron James is on the team. Whereas, like, Denzel Washington comes in, and he makes this movie really, really, really good. Like, I mean, I'm not saying all the other actors are terrible. They're no. some really good actors in this movie, but Denzel really raises the raises the bar, um, and he does just a fantastic job portraying uh, Coach Boone. Um, I felt like 
this movie worked because it wasn't just about football and the football scenes were not super consequential to the plot. I mean, yes, it was, but no, it wasn't. It was really about the relationship mm-hmm. between the team. There wasn't really a villain in this movie. I mean, yes, there was villains in the fact that, yeah, there's racists out there and racism is running rampant. But in terms of like a tangible, like mm-hmm. this person's the evil person or the evil team. Mm-hmm. No, the last game of the year was, you know, two respectable teams just kind of going up against each other. It was more of a combination of how they grew and learned together as a team to overcome any obstacle. And that last game wasn't really an obstacle. It was just a, it was just a mountaintop of what they've already overcome mm-hmm. at that point. Right. I would also argue that the character of Yost and yes. how it's played makes this movie what it is. Yes. Because you have to like him. Mm-hmm. And it, it could be really easy to have an actor play that character in a way that he's not very likable. Right. Because there are issues with that character. You know, he he also has to come around in this movie but as he's struggling with his circumstances and struggling to work with Denzel Washington, you need to want to like him. Like, you have to understand the innate kindness and compassion and care for those kids and love of football. And he's obviously a wonderful father. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's also important because, you know, there's sort of like this white, angry mass in this movie that you see you know, when they try to integrate the team and when they're putting people on the bus and at the beginning where they're talking about, like, the shop owner and Mm -hmm. windows are being smashed and then their first day of school, there are protesters and people kicking the bus. Um, And so I think it was important to see that... That there, that that's not that was the reality for all the white people in that town. Yeah. They weren't all angry or hateful. Some of them were struggling and misguided and trying to be better mm-hmm. and trying to do what was best for those kids. And I think his character arc, especially alongside Coach Boone, really really works. Well, and you have to understand with with Yost, the first thing we see him, he's working out with kids in the field. Ryan Gosling comes and says, hey, you know, there, right. there's, there's this going down. And all the team just starts running. He's trying to stop them. Right. He gets in this truck, pulls in front of him and says, hey, get right. in the truck. Right. You want to play football, you can get in the truck. You're right. not going to get involved and in And I've this. forgotten about that scene. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it, that's just a giant show of character as soon as mm-hmm. that starts, like that scene for the whole right. rest of the movie. And then you also have to understand with him is through no fault of his own. Correct. He lost his job as the head football coach. Right. And, like, and you've seen Denzel Washington's character, Boone, isn't okay with it either. No. Like, Boone was brought in to coach another high school. Right. And then they, they were going to make him assistant coach. Right. And and then all of a sudden they make him the head coach. And right. nothing he did wrong either. Right. He was clearly qualified for the job. But Yost did nothing wrong either. He was expecting to do this. It was going to be his Hall of Fame year. So he had every right to be upset and angry and Right. Because if you take, and I understand you can't, but if you take race out of it. Yeah. It, through no fault of their own, those two men were put in an impossible situation mm-hmm. to to be made to get along and work together in a, in an in a situation where one of them clearly had been put at a disadvantage. Yeah. You know, um, and so I, I think that that's sort of the first inkling of Yo's true character because even though his pride is hurt, yeah. 
he won't abandon those kids. Yeah, and, and he was going. Yeah. He, he, he had right. considered it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he realized, and his daughter, I mean, again, right. like you said, excellent father, where she's like, hey, right. not time to be proud right now. Correct. I mean, so, yeah. It's good stuff. Uh, what else worked for y'all? I'd say that was about it for me. Like, a lot of stuff worked, but, like, my main note that I wrote down was the fact of just how the characters' interactions with each other. Because you don't get to the end of this movie about any one person making a decision and everything falls right. into place. It's all each person that's flawed in their own way. And I like that, too, where there's no character in this movie that is perfect. Like, each of them has their own flaws. There's no superhero that comes in and saves the day. You know, mm-hmm. each person is flawed in their own way. But their interactions between each other, and, and a lot in the same world, real world is, and real life is, is we're all flawed. But how we interact with each other can really make a difference in this. And so, I, I really just like how things naturally ended the way it did. But it was all through each of them doing their part and working together in this. And you do see some get left by the wayside because they're not willing to interact. You know, they're stuck in their ways or whatever. And so you see that happen. So I don't know. I really like that. All right, so um, nitpicks. I had one that stood out to me, and it's not one that ruins the movie, but okay. they're at camp at, like, far yeah, away. Gettysburg College, yes. They've taken two buses there. Yep. Nobody else drove there. Yep. They're doing a late-night practice on the field. Yep. And there's literally cars surrounding them with their headlights lighting the field. Who in the world's car for those? Hmm. It doesn't okay. matter. It doesn't affect the movie. But I that's just fair. looked down and was like, whose is that? Because that's not their cars, obviously. Are they like making people wear that work at the college? Like, teachers, you can't go home Possibly. and you need to borrow your cars right now. Possibly. Like I said, it's very minor. It just happened to notice. Nitpick for you? No. I, I don't know enough about football to have a nitpick. Yeah. Honestly. I didn't catch any of that compared to how, like, right. there were some things that were a little obvious in Rookie of the Year that didn't quite make sense. Maybe. But right. for this, I don't know enough that I would... And not say there was any flaws with anything they did in this. I have flaws. no nitpicks with the actual movie. Mm-hmm. Um, good grief, I'm getting text messages now. Um, yeah, I have no flaws You know that I found necessarily in the movie. I really enjoyed it. Um, it can be a little... If look through the wrong sort of lens, you can kind of think this is just your cheesy overcoming sports movie, and I can see that. But right. overall, I don't really have any nitpicks. Right. Um, unanswered questions. I didn't have any. I have one. So we know they watch film. We know in the last game they actually got film against Ed Henry, and I can't remember the name of the school they were playing. But they seemed surprised when they went out into a shotgun formation. Well, they said he's like, what are they, the New York Jets? Yeah, <laughs> well, no, but like he said that he wasn't going to trade film with them though. No, no, that was the week before the the coach that was racist. I thought that was the final. No, one. No, 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 you're right. You're I right. am right. I've seen this movie a bunch of times. Yeah, you're right. Don't you're always me. right. You know. I know. Um, so my question is, did Ed Henry, the coach of the other team, not use shotgun all the shotgun formation all year long? And saved it for the final game just to throw them off? Or did they just do a really poor job of scouting for this team? And maybe it's because Gary's accident and they just didn't really have a lot of time. Mm-hmm. But I know they got the film because they mentioned That's we true. got film from Ed Henry. And all right, you know, I'm going to watch some of that later. So I'm just trying to figure out why they were surprised by that. And that's my only really – oh, my other unanswered uh, – uh, uh, I can't talk. Unanswered question. Okay. I brought it up in our text message. Julius, 
Absolutely not. That just no. that just weirds me out. Yeah. Like, like I got a bad vibe reading that. Yeah, there's no, no way. Wrong. No, no, no. Whenever she shook that hand at the end, I thought there was a little bit of connection. No, there. I'm just saying. No, 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 there's no connection. Okay, fair enough. That's fair gross. Enough. He loves her just as much as he loves Gary's mom. Right. And that's just out of yeah. respect, and that's pretty. I just cute. feel like Julius is, is. First of all, he had his own girl. Second of all, that you only see like once. Second yeah, of all, he but not has, Gary gets in his wreck. He has way too much respect for Gary. Mm-hmm. Fair and enough. Plus, that girl like is literally for the first time deciding she's ready to shake his hand. There's no way she's sleeping with him. I'm not saying they did like, it immediately. I'm just saying. Sex. I mean, no. Yeah. Nah. I'm just saying. I'm not the only one who posed this question. No, nah, that's so. some fan fiction. Fair enough. Fair enough. I did have one more. Nitpick. More power to you. Okay. To go backwards a little bit, and I feel like it. I didn't realize it until I was doing research for this that I had a nitpick. Whereas I like the movie so much that I hate that a lot of it was made up. Like, and we can get that maybe in fun facts or something. But just there's a lot of things that happen in this movie, especially the racial tension that you really focus on in this movie, wasn't so much really there in real life whenever this was really happening. It was there, but not to the extent of what this movie makes it to be. Mm-hmm. And so that's not necessarily a nitpick with the movie. It's just one of those things that you like. If there was no real life situation involved at all, I would be fine with it. Like, and I don't want them to change the movie to reflect the real life. You just hate to know that, like, the movie's so powerful in such a way to know that real life actually wasn't quite the same. But all right, that's how anything Fair based enough. on real life thing is. So cool. Uh, random section. Anything y'all want to add? Favorite theory? Rabbit hole? Anything? I will say that. As we're watching this movie, Erica looks at me and says, you know that Eric is blue, right? And I was like, yes, I do know that Eric is blue. He's yes. Because like, I feel like blue sings. Blue singing the entire time. more than he speaks in the entire movie. It's like, that is totally Eric. Like, yes. he sings. I'm just like, I made notes about that. I was like, I feel like you Maybe live. there ain't no mountain high enough. I feel like you live in a musical. <laughs> I do. Which is good. Like, I do. It's not a bad thing. Um, I guess this is the good side. You mentioned music. The music in this movie was incredible. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. My goodness. I had two. Um, I had two rabbit holes. I went down. Okay. Other than the music, um, so the internet apparently couldn't decide whether or not uh, Sunshine was actually gay or mm-hmm. bi. So like, I found sources that say he was, and then the Ronnie Bass himself ended up marrying a woman, having two kids, and said that 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 kiss never happened. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do with that what you will. Okay. And then the other one I went down is um, in when Bertier and um, Julius are moving into their dorm room mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. starts off that fight yeah. because Julius hangs a poster. Yep. And you can kind of see parts of the poster. It's got like yellow in the back and there are like people standing with their fists raised. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm not looking at that poster all summer. So... I'm pretty sure, I don't have any proof of this, but I'm pretty sure that that poster was an artist representation of the 1968 mm-hmm. Olympic yes. Black Power Salute. Yes, uh, yes. So, for those of you who don't know, um, uh, during the medal ceremony in the Olympic Stadium in Mexico City on October 16, 1968, two African-American athletes, Tommy Smith and John Carlos, each raised a black gloved fist during the playing of the U.S. National Anthem, the Star Spangled Banner. While on the podium, Smith and Carlos, who had won gold and bronze medals respectively in the 200-meter running uh, event of the 1968 Summer Olympics, turned to face the U.S. flag and then kept their hands raised until the anthem had finished. In addition, Smith, Carlos, and and an Australian silver medalist, Peter Norman, all wore human rights badges on their jackets. Um, 
The demonstration is regarded as one of the most overtly political statements in the history of the modern Olympics. So that was the poster that Julius was putting on his mm-hmm. wall. So I just thought that was very interesting. Um, I did have one other note. Yes. And it was the jerks that were at the high school. They were the racist jerks that mm-hmm. like started fighting the hallway. Yes. I couldn't help but think like in most movies, those would be the characters that are portrayed as the football players. Yeah. And so I couldn't help but like look at some of these, especially guys that like are decent sized dudes, and be like, "Why aren't they on the football team?" And it's like that's just looking at size. And same way people look at me, I'm like, "I bet you play football." So well, no, but, not really. But like, but that, there might be. I mean, just I just think about movies in general. In most movies, that's the people that you would have as the football players, like talking crap and like starting jump. So it was neat to see in a different way. I was going to say they might not be playing football because they had an issue with the teams integrating. True, so, could I mean, be. Like I said, there might be backstory there. Yeah. Maybe this is just Fannin. Who knows? Hmm. I mean, look, Fannin. I, apparently in Fannin, Ronnie Bass is, you know. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Yep. <laughs> I mean, you know who doesn't know? Petey. I mean, <laughs> Calls Ronnie still Bass. doesn't know. <laughs> He's like, I just got to know. I just got to know. <laughs> I just got to know. I just got to know. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Your what the what moment, the moment where you geeked out the most, Kyle? I didn't really geek, but it was the car crash thing that got me. I remember the first time seeing it and not expecting it. Yeah. Because I don't remember ever seeing a trailer before. I didn't see this in movie theaters. It was just friends that really, like, I think Will probably showed it to me. Because mm-hmm. he was big into football, and I feel like I watched it with him at some point. And I feel like I was invested a lot in the characters at that point. So the car crash caught me completely off guard. Um, but I do think that whole scene and how that grows together and how Julius like isn't the first one there, but when he shows up, you realize how like emotional he really or not emotional emotional hey look you made yeah. up a word it's yeah, cool today. I do that all the time yeah. but how like excited you know not excited emotional he was and you know especially as finally like he's just telling him be honest tell me tell me tell me and then as he's telling him he's like don't you tell me that don't you tell me that You're right yeah like and I just love the emotion of that don't and say then, that to me don't say that to me yeah and I love just that and I love too like um, Gary's attitude because in that moment like he could have very much been very upset with things, but he's already made that turning point. That's like they make you know, you know, wheelchair Olympics or Special Olympics, and then oh yeah, like, that was a really I love that because yeah. like he's already thinking yeah. ahead, like he's not gonna let it get him down, mm-hmm. you know. And he's like, I'm, I'm hurt, coach. I ain't I'm dead. Because Yotes comes in, it's like now's a good time, time for, for, for like, fellowship and prayer. Right, like I ain't dead. Right, coach. yeah. Come we're gonna talk about football, but then yeah. he's like, I've already looked at you know things they have for people in wheelchairs. Mm-hmm. They got the Olympics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's like within one night. He's up winning a gold medal, too. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, um, my, my, well, Ashby, do you have a what, what moment? Not really. Okay. I, um, my what the what moment is that I actually, honest to God, watched this movie from start to finish of my own volition. So, mm-hmm. uh, my what the what <laughs> moment would be. That's very shocking, <laughs> My what the what moment would be the last play. Where they bring in yeah. Rev, Jerry Harris, mm-hmm. he's a quarterback with a broken wrist. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, why are they bringing another QB here? You know, And they're like, throw the ball deep, they're going deep, they're going deep. Right. And it turns out to be fake 33 blast with a backside Georgia reverse. That's right. Which doesn't work. I have no idea. I'm just right there with you. Yeah. Like, yeah. Heck yeah, that reverse, the that, blast. That Georgia but reverse. I'm glad that Sonic named a drink after that. That's but, awesome. Yeah. But the, um, I don't know, the symbolism in that scene where you've got... The former starter who's now coming in, um, and the backup starter who's the starter, you know, due to injury, right. he's out there blocking, protecting, right? You know, and just the symbolism right. of, hey, we're doing this together, right? Okay, white, black doesn't matter at this right. point. 
I'm blocking for you. I'm here to protect you. Right. As you get, you know, as right. we do this together. I, Which I like, I, I like the symbolism of that too because mm-hmm. I think the turning point for um, Gary and Julius's relationship mm-hmm. is when they have that, you know, like attitude reflects leadership. leadership. Yep. Because he's like, if you really cared about us actually plan, then you would have people blocking for Rev. Like, yep. you wouldn't leave him yeah. open out there. Yep. You know? And so the movie ends on a play that they make happen because they're blocking. they're blocking Rev. Yep. Good stuff. Rip's also a character <laughs> that I really liked in this yes. movie. I mean, mm-hmm. I won't, no need to go on a deep yeah. conversation about him, but like, just, he just seems like the very happy and just good dude you'd want to be around. Right. Even youth grow tired and weary. Yes, Lord, yes. Even young men stumble and fall. Kind <laughs> of actually, no. Uh, no. Not even a little, <laughs> not even a bit. Who won the movie? The Titans. The Obviously, titans. the Titans. Obviously. <laughs> there was this much of me that wanted to go with Frankie slash Louis or whatever. Because, like, he's going to college. Like, I mean, honestly. Without this, he would not have. But at the same time, it's like. As a team. There's, well, there's and part as a of community. Me. Well, that's my other part, though, because there's part of me that wishes I could say the community really won this, but they didn't. Because I'm not, like. I'm not naive enough to believe that everybody in the community is like, we love football no, so much. No, no, not but everyone. I, but right. I do feel like the team won in a matter of... Not, only, changed, just, not only just winning games, but winning in life. And, and yeah, well, that, and then they continue on at this point. No matter where they're, they reach individually in different places, they take this with them with a mindset that is different, and they've grown and matured in ways that there's people around them that not have not. And so... I mean, and that should be... The beauty of what sports should be, where everyone comes in level playing field, everyone right. is you know they they come together to achieve a common goal. That should be the beauty of team sports, right? Um, and sometimes it is. And yeah, I mean, oftentimes it is, but you know, sometimes people don't they refuse to kind of see that. So I could have a thing about bringing on there, and how <laughs> we had that discussion about how bringing on the cheerleaders didn't win. Right. Or like not the whole truth, but like right. how typically in most sports movies it would have been. But I yeah, get it. This is based one. this is based on a true story, so like right. I had to kinda of go with that. But you forgot uh, one question. I did. You did. Uh let's see. Where does this fall in your rankings of the MCU films? Um, that I would say it's definitely probably list. in my top ten. Yeah, it's probably in my mine. top ten. That's exactly what I put. I said it's definitely in my top ten. See, this is what you get for using an MCU script instead of like I used the rookie of the year script. Well, you just said just you know, uh, just use an old script. So that's what I did. Enough, I'm so mad though because now my Disney Plus thinks I want to watch more sports movies. So oh, the totally. minute this movie finished, it was like, do you want to watch the Mighty Ducks? I was sure like, no. Yeah, so sure no, do why aren't we doing that one in like February? You sure, no. do want to watch the Mighty Ducks? Well, Calvin, I, don't know, I don't know if I can take that. Like you show up like Mighty Ducks sucked. I just hated that movie. Honestly. Like how Eric kind of was in Texas this weekend. Kind of like I could read that and see that like you're not gonna watch it. Like, this, is my, this is my favorite thing I'll of watch all your time. favorite thing of all time. Like, why won't you watch this? And you're like, fine, fine. I'll watch it. I'll do it. I'll say whatever so makes you happy. So you're going to watch every single director's cut of all three Lord of the Rings oh, movies? Oh, crap. We won't ride into that, didn't we? 12 hours. There's going to be a lot of walking ahead of us. <laughs> oh, Trees. One does not simply walk into Mordor. <laughs> <laughs> I can quote it. I mean, is that I good mean, enough? I mean, nah. I can quote Clerk. See, the trees walk in those movies. <laughs> well, Colin, you can help me out here. Everywhere we go, everywhere we go, people want to know, people want to know who we are, who we are, so we tell them, 
Solitary. Six of our favorite fun facts and observations from this movie. Way to go. Two for each person. Nice. Ashby, you want to go first? Yeah, let me uh, pull up all IMDb to do a little read-off here. That was on the fly there. That was good. (laughs) That was good. Quality job. That was good. I am quality. Solid work. Solid work. Okay, according to IMDb, some uh, fun facts, a little trivia here. (laughs) Oh, man. In real life, Coach Billiost has four daughters. Uh, Angelica. Angelica. Maggie, Eliza. <laughs> Eliza. And Peggy. And Peggy. Skyler's sisters. Uh, Bonnie, Angela, Cheryl, and Deidre. Unlike in the film, all four daughters live with their mother, Betty Yost, after their parents divorced. Bonnie was in college. Angela went to a different high school, and Deidre was only three years old in 1971, but Cheryl attended most of the games and other events with her father, so the filmmakers thought it would be distracting to depict the other three girls. While Billy Ose was not happy about that, the sisters were fine with it and rather enjoyed the movie. And Cheryl so, died, I think, before this movie came out. They played favorites. Really? Yeah, I think so. Aww. I yeah. I feel like Passed I away from an undertaker heart condition in 1996. Oh, I'm so sad. Or Hayden Panettiere. I was also really devastated that um, Gary died. Mm. Like, you know, obviously it's in the movie, but, you know, when they did the, like, where are they now in the credits, mm, yeah. when they were like, he died um, 10 years later in a drunk driving, like, he was hit yeah. by a drunk driver. Mm. I was like, how, it just upsets me, because it's like, statistically, what is the possibility that you get into a wreck and are paralyzed, and then 10 years later, you get hit by a drunk driver and you die? Yeah. And it's just like, it just made me mad. Well, that'll jump into my fun fact. Of, okay. uh, did he really get in an accident and become paralyzed during the championship season? No. Uh, the accident happened in December 11th, 1971. Uh, Vertier was coming home from high school's uh, football banquet where he was honored with the MVP award just six blocks away from his house. Vertier lost control of his mother's new Camaro, tearing across the road into a ditch. It was later determined a mechanical failure in the motor mount of the Camaro's engine caused the accident. Right. So it was the same year, but the season had ended already. Yeah, he was coming back from an award ceremony. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, number three, then. Um, y'all remember the scene where Coach Boone and Cheryl are watching film mm-hmm. and a brick gets thrown through the window? Yes. yes. Well, not exactly how it happened in real life. It was actually a toilet that was thrown through the window, meant to scare him. But filmmakers thought that that would create some laughs for the audience and a scene that needed to be 100% serious, so they substituted a brick instead. I can't help this. Like, we're sitting on a couch doing this. And, and there's a toilet right coming window, through the like, window, like, just noticing, like, you know, the size and the effect of the toilet can do when they're on. Right. Yep. Mm. All right, number four, Ashby. When Ronnie Bass and his father first arrive, it is established that Bass's father is a Marine Corps pilot, but his wings are those of an Air Force Command pilot. Hmm. So apparently, uh, someone was slacking in the wardrobe department research. Mm. So there you go. All right, number five. Uh, it says, did Coach Herman Boone actually integrate the buses? Yes, Coach Boone really integrated the buses. In an interview with ESPN, the coach said he forced his players on each other. Boone wanted to make sure the players were a part of each other's lives, even if it meant forcing it on them. However, the racial tension, and remember the Titans, isn't depicted as accurately as you may have thought. Players on the team may have felt animosity towards one another, but that was more in a competitive sense of trying to earn a place on the roster. The idea that the football team heroically overcame racism throughout the season just a bit overblown. I did hear like somebody, like a news anchor reporter or whatever came out and said that like 
I don't know. It doesn't know necessarily how true that is because how many people were going to come out and say, yes, I hated that person because they were black, or yes, I hated that person because they were white. It's easier for them to say, you know, no, we're just fighting for a spot on the team. But, um, but yes, either way. Hmm. All right, and then my final fact was Gary Bertier, the star football player he was made out to be. Because remember, all this American. Is, yeah, this was based five time. Five times. No, that's five times. WCW champion. That's Booker T. No, sorry. and he's a six-time world. There's champion. only four years of high school. Uh, well, for most people, yeah. Sometimes there's five. Sometimes you, you, you took a red shirt. I think you red shirt it, but yeah. um, this was based on a true story. Um, but obviously, with any kind of movie that's based on a true story, uh, directors have the creative freedom to change facts, you know, mm-hmm. to make the movie more dramatic. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and remember the Titans. Gary Bertier is the heart and soul of a persistent Titan team that never quit. But though he was considered a star on the team in the movie, Bertier was much more than that in real life. The linebacker may have been the heart of his team, but he was actually one of the most skilled players in the entire country. He was a nationally ranked defensive player and the first All-American football player in the history of Alexandria, Virginia. After completing his senior year, Bertier received awards for first-team All-Region, All-State, and All-American honors. He was also approached by elite football programs such as Notre Dame and Alabama, mm. which obviously he did not get mm-hmm. a chance to do. So. Is that Greenbow, Alabama? Uh, no, that's Alabama. Alabama. I think it was that? That's that the water boy. Forest. No, Forest. Yeah. Oh, well, My go. goodness, Cobb told you time and time again. This is no democracy. It is a dictatorship. Mm-hmm. I am the law. That's why we're wanting to see what other people have to say about this. Yes, we are. All right. Glad oh. you caught that. <laughs> Chad D. Aaron. It's one of those movies now when you're flipping channels looking for something to watch and you see it, you stop and watch the rest of the way. Stands up pretty well. Laura Tart Warren. What he said. <laughs> Can probably <laughs> quote the majority of it. Chris Rode. This movie is great. Not to mention it's one we all probably need to rewatch right now. Favorite scene. Only Ken's allowed in here. Alice, are you blind? Don't you see the family resemblance? That's, That's my brother. Uh, Devon <laughs> slash Jenny Varnum said this is my favorite sports movie. I love this quote. We're in a fight. You boys are doing all that you can do. Anybody can see that. Win or lose. Uh, we're going to walk out of the stadium tonight where our head's so high. Do your best. That's all that anyone can ask for. Uh, he said, this is my favorite quote from the whole movie. And then saying, Alice, are you blind? Don't you see the family resemblance? That's my brother. People love that line. Mm-hmm. Adrian and James Hoke say, one of my favorites. Angela B. Crow says, love, love, love this movie. John and I just had the conversation this past weekend about quotes from this movie. Brittany Dennis says, I don't scratch my head unless it itches, and I don't dance unless I hear some music. That's such like a wrestling like thing. Mm-hmm. I, like, I will not be intimidated. Mm-hmm. That's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, literally one of the best movies ever made. I cry every single time I watch it. Laura Daniels Davis says, this is hands down one of my favorite movies for a lot of reasons. Definitely my favorite sports movie. Joseph watched it for the first time just a few weeks ago. He used to be a roommate. Yeah, how come he never, he never saw this? You failed him. You failed I did. Him. I remember my parents going to see it in theater, and I was jealous because I wanted to go see it. Also, when I was young, uh, in the Young Disciples, Preacher Donald would always reference the bus scene prior to skiing on the bus for tour. He started that my senior year. Oh, yeah. We watched it on the bus that year. So. Um, he says, because it was his favorite movie. Yep. So there's a lot of fun memories tied to this movie for her. Cool. That's the last I've got. Some other people may have jumped in since nice. earlier today. But, so, you thirsty? Mm-hmm. Would you like a water break? Mm-hmm. Water's from... Water is for cowards. cowards. That's the right. Water makes you weak. Water is for washing blood off the uniform. And you don't get no blood on my uniform, boy. You must be outside of your mind. But we are not going to do up-downs until y'all are no longer thirsty. Instead, we're going to thank Ricky Laws for his contributions to our podcast. And we hope that you enjoyed this discussion as much as we did. 
And that you're as pumped for the rest of this journey into pop culture as we are. Yeah. Next week, Ashby. Are you excited? <laughs> we are doing Captain America, the Winter this is Soldier. My which means, <laughs> which means I've got to get the um, carpool karaoke video for next week because she's taking over our social media. She's going to line it up with memes oh, after memes after James, memes. You cannon. Uh, I guess I'll have to read the IMDb for this one. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> wow. Oh. Wow. Man, with that attitude. Oh, uh, attitude reflects leadership. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh my goodness, until next time, I'm not going to talk to you about winning and losing. You're already winners. We need to kill each other during this podcast. Stay as cool as the other side of the pillow, and we'll see you next week on the podcast. Woo!